Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Hey, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, do you? You reading my mind? I'm reading your mind. I'm looking in your eyes right here across the table, and I am reading your mind. Uh, I'm waiting for you to ask me. <laughs> what day is it? Today is Friday. <laughs> I know ah! you're excited. Listen, but this is not just any Friday. It's not. Are you still excited? Yeah, I'm excited that we recorded this like a month ago. Instead of on. Because I have a rule. I'm probably, I, I don't want to leave the house on Friday the 13th. <laughs> Let's see if we can make it through this one on Friday But I do love Fridays. I love Fridays because the weekend's right around the corner, and it's a wonderful time to get together and worship God on Sunday, the Lord's Day. If you're in the Tampa area, we want you to come out and worship with us at Livingston. All the information is at christiansmeethere.org, christiansmeethere.org. Don't let Friday the 13th scare you. Get out on the website and get that information. (laughs) (laughs) Psalm 11. Yeah, I am reading today from the New Living Translation, Psalm 11. I trust in the Lord for protection, so why do you say to me, Fly like a bird to the mountains for safety. The wicked are stringing their bows and fitting their arrows on the bowstrings. They shoot from the shadows at those whose hearts are right. The foundations of law and order have collapsed. What can the righteous do? But the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining every person on earth. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked. He hates those who love violence. He will rain down blazing coals and burning sulfur on the wicked, punishing them with scorching winds. For the righteous Lord loves justice. The virtuous will see his face. So we've been talking about this psalm all week, looking at uh, now this is the fifth episode on it. David's response to the council that he ought to uh, perhaps flee, Run away! go to the mountains. Run away! He won't do that. He knows that there is a foundation which has not been destroyed, has not been shaken. And that foundation is the Lord. We've been talking about how the Lord is in his temple. The Lord is on high on his throne. From there he sees, he tests, his righteousness is declared. But now we see also... He loves the upright. In fact, the last couple of verses of the psalm, verse 6 and verse 7, again, quite the contrast. Fire and brimstone Ugh. versus the face of the Lord. So I guess we got one last foundation here to talk about. So just a reminder, this this counsel, it, probably not to be taken literally, that there was some time when David was literally counseled to run away. And he says, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to hang out here in Jerusalem because every time he was attacked. He did. He went to the mountains. However, when when Saul was chasing him, going to the mountains was actually relying on the Lord. Sure. And when Absalom is coming in, fleeing across the Jordan was actually relying on the Lord. So we're looking at this advice more metaphorically, yeah. the idea of flee God mm-hmm. and take care of yourself. Save yourself. And either, either the 
counselors are saying the foundations are destroyed. So look, your moral principles aren't doing you any good right now. I thought it was interesting that the New Living Translation wants us to understand what the foundations are. So it added in the idea of foundations. What did it say? Law and order. Let me let me look at that again real quick. Yeah, law and order. The foundations of verse, law and order. Verse three. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what are the foundations? The foundations of law and order. Hmm. They've 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 vanished. So what good is your righteousness going to do you? And then David says, here are these foundations. Or if we're back to the New King James Version, David himself is saying, why would I flee? That would be like destroying the foundations. And here are the foundations that I'm not going to destroy. The, the Lord is in heaven and the Lord mm-hmm. sees. Mm-hmm. The Lord tests the righteous and a shocking foundation that is. But look, we're going to be in the crucible. So why would I run away just because I'm yeah, in the crucible? This is part of it. And the Lord is righteous. He always does what is right. He has a name, which is love and compassion and grace, but he will by no means clear the guilty, but he always lives by that. And I can trust that. That's what his righteousness is. Yeah. And now we get to the fourth foundation, and that is he loves the upright. Mm-hmm. He loves the upright. And it's interesting how these foundations have kind of uh, hinged from one to the next as we go through the couplets. And the, he, he works his way through these things from one statement to the next statement saying all of these things are true. And he says, look, here's this final foundation. Here's what I know. The Lord loves the upright. If I decide to toss off the moral principles that I've been living by when things were going my way, if I decide to toss that off now that I'm in the crucible of testing, I know what happens. I end up casting my lot with the wicked. I become the wicked. I become one of the wicked. Right. And so here's here's the, the most fascinating thing. Hmm. I know that I personally, I, I don't know about you, Andrew, and I, I don't know about everybody else, but I think I'm not the only one, that when things are going bad, it's like in my mind, I decide that, well, my sins and my wickedness are justified right now. I'm only human. Things are going bad. And so when I act in anger, when I bang my thumb with the hammer and that's when I shout out the torrent string of curse words and blasphemies, I'm okay because I mean, hey, I just hit my thumb with a hammer, and so it's justified, and it's all right. I'm in the crucible of testing. Things are bad. Things are terrible. And so Mm -hmm. it's okay that I get rid of my normal moral principles. And David is saying, no, no, the foundation is still sure. The Lord loves the upright. And so even in the crucible of testing, even in this time when I'm being attacked, I have to abide by the principles that I was living by when things were going well. Yeah, that's not the time to cast your lot with the wicked. And there is a certainty here about God's righteousness and justice that the wicked will be put down. Okay, and uh, this is one of these concepts that keeps coming up in these Psalms again and again, uh, what God will do for the wicked. Um, You know, the, the psalmist wants to ask from time to time, where are you? Why haven't you acted now? But, But God's judgment is assured again. I'm reading verse 6. Upon the wicked, he will rain coals, fire, and brimstone, and a burning wind shall be the portion of their cup. Uh, Fascinating to me. um, All the way back in Psalm 1, the wicked are like chaff, and they'll be blown away. And I think, well, how's chaff going to handle a bunch of fire? You know, it's going to be burned up. Um, well, the, when notice, God's judgment rains down on Sodom and Gomorrah, it's fire and brimstone. Yeah, I, I was actually looking up a passage here. So if this is what you said just a second ago, forgive me. But notice the connection there between Psalm 1. The chaff gets blown away by the wind. And what happens here to the wicked? Mm-hmm. Scorching wind. Scorching wind. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was making that connection in my mind. Okay. <laughs> the chaff and the wind and the fire and, and uh, you know, they're gone away and, and burned up. So, look, we don't want to be the wicked. And it just hit me making those connections. You remember when John the Baptist comes in and he talks about the one who's going to come after him who has – who's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with With fire. fire. And one of the common mistakes people make with that is to equate the baptism of Holy Spirit and fire. But but right after that, he talks about what the fire is. And it's about the chaff that gets blown away and put in the fire. Yeah, it's judgment. 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 And so this, this is a very common picture. But David is saying, look, here's the foundation. The Lord loves the upright. He doesn't love the wicked. He doesn't give the blessing to the wicked, to those who have decided to throw out the moral principles. And and even if I make that decision now based on, well, I'm in this crucible of testing. It's a hard time of life. Everything is awful. Who would blame me? Well, look, nobody among men would blame you. We all understand when you're going through the crucible of testing why those are the moments you act out in anger. We understand why those are the moments you seek your own vengeance. We understand why those are the moments when you steal and when you kill and when you commit adultery. But what David says is, even in these moments, Mm -hmm. when you think the foundations are destroyed, they're not. They're not. And and I'm not going to destroy them. The foundation is the Lord loves and blesses the upright. And so even in this moment, I am going to pursue what is upright. So he's not going to buy into the old uh, situation ethics concept, is he? No. 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 Not at all. Because that only works in a place where there's no foundation. That only works. Good point. I'm, I'm feeling a sermon coming on. <laughs> Get out your pen. Write that Get one down. It. Yeah, we got to write that one down. <laughs> Get out your pen. Write that one down. And so now we, we get back to this issue of hating the wicked and loving the upright. And I know we, we struggle because we do know the Lord loves all people. And the way the Lord demonstrates. the cross, yes, right? That's yeah. what I was going to say next. He sent the cross on everyone. Jesus says we're supposed to love our enemies and be like the Father who... In his love, sends the sun on the wicked and the good and and the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And yet here we've got this passage that seems to say he loves one group, but he doesn't love the other. And we get back to, again, that time when Jesus told us, well, you know, look, you have to hate your father and mother, which he wasn't saying in the absolute sense that you have to hate. It was that issue of relative to our relationship with God. Our love for God is so strong that it appears as hatred, the way we relate to our family. And that's what we see here too, that kind of relative idea that the love of God is this expression of the blessing. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think, oh, I don't want to jump to that yet. Let's let's talk about this in a second. Whereas the hatred of God is expressed by the judgment. The judgment is coming. He's going to live by his name. He won't clear the guilty. Judgment, the judgment is coming. And, and fiery judgment. And, you know, the the fire and the brimstone and the, and the lake of fire, this imagery that shows up in Revelation, and even how Jesus Christ describes hell. He talked about hell more than anyone else in the Bible, which some kind of surprises people, you know, as a, as a fire that doesn't go out and the worm is not quenched, right? And so ultimately, and, and this is this is something to take to heart. This is sobering truth, sobering reality that ultimately... If you spurn the way of God and his path, there is destruction and fire and brimstone in hell. And the deliverance, the salvation that's offered in Jesus Christ is nothing to turn away from. When you leave the foundation of God, it doesn't mean the foundation has failed, but there's nothing to save you from the fire and the judgment. 
Yesterday, we talked a little bit about this idea of the righteousness, and we highlighted that the reason or, or the way God was able to live by his name and, and pursue mercy and compassion and being slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness is through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's how he's able to move from, I won't clear the guilty, to I will forgive iniquity and transgression right. and sin. And what happens is through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are actually justified. We are made innocent. Mm-hmm. And so we are no longer guilty. But I do think there's something that we need to see here. It, it kind of goes along with what Paul points out in Romans chapter 6. Shall I continue in sin so that grace may abound? No. God forbid. Absolutely not. Because if what I do is pursue guiltiness, mm-hmm. God doesn't clear the guilty. Mm-hmm. And and so if I'm going to try to make this some kind of uh, game where I'm going to try to force God to behave in a way that serves me so that I can pursue wickedness and sin but expect him to, well, you said you forgive. You said you forgive, so I'm just going to sin so that you can forgive. He says it doesn't work like that. God doesn't clear the guilty. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm trying to use his grace to allow me to pursue guilt, I'm going to come up on the wrong side of that. But his grace allows me to turn to Jesus, to pursue him. It justifies me and sets me free to go and do his will, to walk in life. Now, it's a struggle. It's a growth process. And I know that I have failed. Paul himself talks about himself. He says, look, I haven't attained it yet. I haven't attained perfection, but I know where I'm heading and I know the one who's taken me there. Yeah. So let's pivot. We've talked about and looked at the fire and the brimstone. But where this psalm actually ends is picturing the righteous and the righteous being able to see God, that our righteous God has this uh, unfettered, unbroken fellowship with these people, with righteous people face to face countenance beholding or face beholding countenance countenance beholding face i, I got well, depend, that i got depending that on the translation yeah, i think yeah. again we've got an interpretive choice here um, the upright, so I, yeah the upright beholds his countenance right right so in the new yeah. king james it talks about his countenance beholding the upright but the other translations and even your footnote i think in the yeah, new king james highlights so that what we have here is the idea of we get to behold the countenance of the lord the pure in heart as jesus said in the sermon are blessed because they get to see god those who are pure seeing the upright those but who are pursuing uprightness when i think about countenance i think about the face and the facial expression i mean to be able to see God. Well, especially when you think about, we, I've tied it into that name of God. When Moses mm-hmm. heard that name, God actually had to cover him up so he couldn't see his face. Right. Because you couldn't see that and live. What we're finding out here is those who pursue uprightness, those who are pure in heart will eventually. And I just want to wrap up with this. Mm-hmm. I want to wrap up with this. Mm-hmm. And that is ultimately when we look at these four foundations we've talked about this week, the foundation for us is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord in his holy temple from heaven knew when the right time and what the right way to deal with all of this wickedness was, and that was sending Jesus. The Lord tests the righteous, and he sent Jesus, who passed all of those tests, who was approved, who everything that man failed, he succeeded in, and and he set that stage in perfectness. The Lord is righteous. What Jesus himself is the righteous who fulfilled the righteous requirement of the law by dying for those of us who sinned so that the Lord could actually pour out his love Mm -hmm. on those who are forgiven through Jesus and made upright by Jesus. Our foundation is Jesus. 
It's a beautiful psalm, Psalm 11, and God is glorified and Christ is glorified as we consider it. We hope that you're making plans to worship the Lord on the Lord's Day. Again, if you're in the Tampa area, come and worship at Livingston. All that information is at christiansmeethere.org. Send us a text or actually just an email. Just an email. At texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray together. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this week and the opportunity to go day by day talking through Psalm 11. You are so great. And Father, our faith is built up. We are assured and edified that you are in your holy temple. Your throne is in heaven and that the foundation of all is Jesus Christ, who died for our sins and who rose again. We pray, Father, that we might place the value on the foundation And, Father, that we would not be shaken, as truly this foundation is never shaken. Help us, Father, to be salt and light in this world, to handle the moment of testing uh, with great confidence and trust in you, not to flee to try to save ourselves or make our own way, but to, to take, Father, the way that you give. And that way is the right way, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.